Welcome to the Renegade Yogi podcast experience. Join myself, Zorananda, and this episode's guest as we explore yoga in the modern world. Prepare yourself as we will experience yoga like never before. Hi, and welcome to the Renegade Yogi podcast experience. My name is Zorananda, and today we are looking at the sixth chakra, Ajna chakra, in the series that I've been going through in this whole journey throughout the summer. Um, This one is one of the most difficult ones to really clearly get into um, and to really unpack. because of its disassociation with the physical world we're in. Um, And that's challenging because that's seemingly all that we know. Like we are physical beings and our primary experience is being physical other than the, you know, six to eight hours or whatever sleep that we get where we're completely unconscious, yet we have no memory of anything that's happening at that time. And yet there's this center that apparently exists where we can actually have an experience of a realm where there's no longer physicality. And that's not to say that that is the sole um, responsibility of Ajna Chakra. There is also Saharasara Chakra, the crown, where then there's an actual opening to something beyond completely than what we can um, fathom at all as a human being. And yet, you know, there is tons of literature out there of, of explanations and stories and, and wisdom and, um, metaphors and all that about the enlightenment that comes about from entering and exploring Sahasrara through the gateway of Ajna Chakra. So if you haven't listened to the first five episodes, where I go into the chakras. That's okay. I don't expect you to go back and listen to like three or four hours worth of material, but it'd be really helpful at this point if you have listened to them or you plan on doing it because it'll give some better context to the the difference between five chakras that are seemingly nestled within um, the physicality of our existence and then Ajna chakra, which is a step removed from it to prepare for Sahasrara and full opening into enlightenment and into the thousand petaled lotus. So the location of Ajna chakra is in the center of the forehead or into the brain where the pineal gland is. The element, there is no element. The color is clear or white. The sense is there is no sense, um, at least not a physical sense. The Bija Mantra is Om, so there is still a Bija Mantra, the primordial sound of the universe. And the Yantra, if, um, if you're watching this, here's the Yantra. If you are not watching it and you're just listening to this, go into Google and just Google Ajna Chakra. And the image that um, you want to look for is similar to the ones that I've, I've posted in the past um, episodes where it's just a simple drawing of two blue uh, lotus petals or just two blue petals on the left and right. There's an ohm symbol in the middle. Then there's two deities, one on the left that has six heads and one in the middle that is a an androgynous being, a combination of Shiva and Shakti named Arda Narishvara. So one I'm going to go into because I understand this a little bit more and the past ones I didn't really go into. um, I would like to do an episode where I specifically go into the deities. Um, However, with this one, the story of Shiva and Shakti is that in 
um, the birth of the chakras, they were united in the crown chakra. So they were completely um, uh, undifferentiated. But Shakti gained a desire to experience herself um, divided from Shiva. And so Shakti... Um, disassociated I don't really want to use that word but like formed a, an, a, an entire version of herself and the chakras are the footsteps of Shakti leading away from Shiva so Ajna is the point where there's a differentiation between Shakti and Shiva they're still one being but you can see that on one side it's clearly Shiva, one side it's Shakti, and then by the time you get into the lower chakras, they are completely divided. And then they are in the realms of those chakras still, but they are separate from each other. And then by the time you get to Muladhara chakra, the task as the yogi is to reignite and invigor Shakti to merge back up into Shiva and so that there is a unification that occurs. So by the time you get to Ajna, you now have that merged deity. And then when you get to Sasrara, they are now completely united. So the word Ajna has its um, root with the word wisdom. So it's particularly the J-A, the J-N-A. So we in the West usually call it Ajna, um, but it's also pronounced Gya. So there's a couple other words in, in the world of yoga that actually have this J-N-A. And it's found in Jnana Yoga, so J-N-A-N-A Yoga, uh, Vijnana Maya Kosha, so V-I-J-N-A-N-A Maya Kosha. And Jnana Yoga is the yoga of wisdom, and Vijnana Maya Kosha is the layer of the body of wisdom. Um, I'm going to do a whole series on the koshas too, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, but you can see that there's this emphasis on wisdom and that Agya or Ajna is actually the center of wisdom because you have this um, unification um, in both directions. So both from starting from Ajna going down to create the separation and then starting from the bottom up. So you're coming back into that unification with Shakti and Shiva to then go into full bliss unity um, enlightenment in Sahasrara. So I have a little bit of a write-up um, that I was just kind of like reading there so I can be concise with, um, with the information to have a good flow. So Ajna is known as the third eye and it's associated with the pineal glands. So bear with me for a second here. So I switched to an image. So if you're watching this, you can see a cross section of the brain. Um, if you're just listening to this, Again, just Google, um, all I did was cross-section of brain pineal gland, and I looked for the simplest image where there are some um, uh, descriptions around it to point towards where the pineal gland is, where the pituitary gland is, medulla oblongata, uh, cerebellum, and so forth. And the reason why I'm showing this and the reason why I'm getting you to look at is because the pineal gland isn't the sole third eye. If you look at the whole center structure, so where it's pointing to the pineal gland, where it's pointing to the pituitary gland, 
the medulla oblongata and that whole round section up there, that whole thing is the third eye. So the medulla oblongata almost acts as the optic nerve and the pituitary and the pineal gland and that whole center structure are all a part of how the third eye functions. And this is important um, because it's just like our eye itself. It's like to say that when you look at our eye, the cornea is just the eye, but that's not the case, right? You have the cornea, you have the lens, you have the retina, you have the rods and cones, you have the whole structure of the eye, um, you have the optic nerve, and that whole thing is the eye itself. So this whole center thing, in, in my opinion, in my belief, is the whole third eye. And so that whole center needs to be activated. And there's a particular way to do that, which I'm not going to go into too much um, here, but that is really what the whole yoga practice and system is about, is that we're redirecting energy from our physicality, from our limbs, into our spine, up the medulla oblongata, into that whole third eye center and so that that whole thing could be activated that is that is what i believe ajna chakra is it's that whole thing and so essentially what um ajna chakra is it's an access point to shift from physical to non-physical and that's the difficult part because when do we have any experience of consciously going from physical to completely non-physical and the only time we have something like that is when we are sleeping we actually shift from being a non-physical experience or existence but we have no recollection of it and the only kind of recollection we have is that transition from deep sleep into REM, into dream state. But we don't actually have any recollection of experience of that transition from deep sleep into dream state. We just are in dream state. And then we are just in our body and then in physical reality. And so what the yoga practice is, is... Um, looking at and directing towards is how do we go into that non-physical state completely conscious and completely aware of of who we are as an existence that is not tied to our physicality so here's the thing about the first five chakras they are there to keep you physical they are the binds of how we maintain our physicality and what the yoga practice is doing is it's enabling the structure of our being to be at complete ease and complete stillness and complete silence so that we as consciousness can then transcend the binds of the physicality into the unlimited state of consciousness of non-physicality. And that is not easy to do. And that's why these practices um, are geared towards people who want to live in caves and want to live in the forest and want to be away from society where they can just really center in and focus on doing the work each and every day. But we don't live in that kind of world anymore. We live in a very materialistic world we're living in a world where no matter where we go seemingly um, we are bombarded with the attachment to everything that makes us who we are and within our personality and within our biases within our identity and behaviors is that we cannot help but be attached to the sound of our voice the inner dialogue of our mind the friends that we have, the family that we have, the job that we have, the places that we want to go, our favorite restaurants, our favorite sports team, our uh, favorite form of entertainment. 
that's all of this huge package that just contains us within the physical world and then when we decide that we want to actually exit the physical world it is seemingly impossible and the only way that we know to do that is either through sleep where we just go completely unconscious or through death and yet this third way or this middle way is that we can achieve that through a very particular um set of sequences of of posturings and breathing techniques and meditation and focus and philosophy that we can then put ourselves into a non-physical experience and still have the ability to come back to our physical selves with this gained knowledge that this whole other realm exists and that I feel is like my mission in this world, even though I still have a daytime job, I still am a human being, I still have my lessons and limitations of what I can do, what I can't do. However, I have this wherewithal and this will within me to drive towards a non-physical experience without the cultural bias that is impossible other than through unconscious sleep or death and that is a personal choice you have to make for yourself that's not something that i can convince you of that's not something that anyone else can convince you of because that's not something that was convinced of me this is something that's been ongoing throughout my life all my life that i've been having phenomenal experiences um you know, and you can get a good idea of that in my book that you'll be able to get a, that you can get on my website. Um, so it's, it's really important to understand that we as consciousness and as awareness and as a being that is completely energetic, even within this. So when you are watching this or even listening to this, you, you know what I'm looking, uh, look like, even what you look like. And what you see in the mirror, you're seeing the product of the accumulation of genetics and accumulation of everything that went into making you as a physical body. But then inside of that, that is completely unseen, or is the whole network of the nervous system and the flow of electric magnetic energy that is all around you pulsating, but you don't feel it because you are so accustomed to it. You are so naturalized to it that you cannot tell a stark difference between your physicality and your energetic because it's one and the same. It is completely integrated. And the only way that we can actually get a sense of a shift of our energetics is by doing something completely different than what we do in our normal day-to-day -day life. So in our normal day-to-day -day life of like waking up, we brush our teeth, we eat food, we scroll on our phone, we go to work, we go to school, we see friends, we go to the places that we like, we come back home, rinse and repeat. So what yoga is, is it's a completely different experience that has nothing to do with any of that. It completely removes you from that. So you're spending an hour or two hours or whatever time limit of doing things that is directly putting you in touch with something that is completely non-physical and is energetic. And the way that you start to feel the shift in perceiving the difference between your physicality and your energetic is that you start to amplify the energetics. And so when you're amplifying the energetics, you start to then feel a distinct difference between what life is like physically and what life is like non-physically. So I went on a bit of a tangent there. I'm gonna try to get back to my notes here of where I was at. So, I've pretty much covered um, my points here for halfway through. Sorry for the silence. I'm just um, looking at my notes here so I can be more concise. So just stick with me. 
so a huge misconception, and I talked about this in, um, I forget which episodes though, when it comes to blockages, okay? Ajna chakra cannot be blocked, okay? It is there and it is always operating. It is the non-physical state of your existence, okay? I understand that there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of information going around that the pineal gland can be calcified. So I'm just gonna go back to the image of the brain. So you're looking at the pineal gland, right? So, like I was saying earlier, the third eye is that whole center. It's the whole thing, that whole middle part. So if you're just listening to this, go back to Google, look up cross-section of brain, um, third eye, and look for just a simple image where in the top right corner it says pineal gland, the bottom left corner it says pituitary gland, pons, medulla oblongata, bottom right cere cerebellum, um, spinal cord. So regardless if that pineal gland is becoming calcified, which I think is actually a completely natural phenomenon, and this whole idea that you can decalcify your pineal gland by taking spirulina or these superfoods, okay, that stuff isn't actually scientifically um, accurate, okay? So the access to your third eye, it's coming about from how you are manipulating your own um, uh, nervous system through these different techniques by shutting down the peripheral nervous system through sense withdrawal and manipulating the connective tissues in the spine so that your connective tissues in your spine here are pressing in and up. Right? So they're pressing in and up and you're doing breathing techniques that pulses the energetic system. And so that you're pulling the energetics from your peripheral nervous system into your, into your central nervous system in and up, right? So then you're sending a blast of energy in and up into that whole center. So I think regardless if there's a little bit of calcification or not, that's not really going to perturb that experience right so i think there's like this like little bit of fear mongering in the community or the spiritual community of like um w whether or not fluoride is this like weapon to dumb people down and stuff but when like if you even go and drink spring water there's still fluoride in spring water right the only difference and i understand is that the fluoride that's in tap water is coming from industry and it's um and i always mix these up so there's sodium fluoride and there's potassium fluoride i do believe it's the sodium fluoride that's in tap water and in spring water naturally occurring there's potassium fluoride and and yes the i think it's the sodium or whatever one is coming from industry um that fluoride is is, is harder for the body to break down and the natural fluoride, the body can actually can actually break down. Um, however, you're still getting fluoride into your system, regardless if you're drinking tap water or spring water, unless you're drinking distilled water, which there's absolutely nothing in there. But the thing about distilled water is that it, that's not good for you to drink just solely either. Like you do need the minerals. So the best choice is spring water, but if you do need to drink tap water here and there, it's not going to suddenly shut down your pineal gland. Your pineal gland is always operating. And the way to actually access it is through these techniques. You're not going to be accessing your pineal gland just by thinking about it, closing your eyes and looking inwards and being like, yes, my pineal gland is activated. No, it's a function. You have to think of it as a mechanism, right? So for it to act in a way where it's switching from physical to non-physical, you have to learn the function of how to actually switch it in that way. And from what I found in my experiences of actually doing these techniques and going into the center and becoming non-physical, 
is that it's a arduous task. It's not easy because you're redirecting the flow of your nervous system. So this is something that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And this is really important to understand and why when you look at the literature of yoga masters is that the sadhana that they take on are like 12 year practices where they're doing it every day, sometimes all day, eight to 10 hours to 12 hours a day. And we don't live in a world where that's available unless like you're rich enough where you can just go off into a cave somewhere and, you know, it doesn't matter about your life. You have everything taken care of. If you want to go out into the wilderness and build something for yourself and you have all the resources to do it, then yeah. But if you're a normal mundane person like me or like many other people, you need a job, you need responsibilities, you need a life, you need friends, you need family, you need support. And so there's got to be a way to do it in the comfort of your own home and which is refined, which is something that I've figured out. And I don't at all want to be arrogant about this or egotistical or anything. Um, but I found that the specific arrangement of breathing techniques is has allowed me to have very profound experiences in meditation of um, having complete outer body experiences or having complete dissolved um, experiences into this like brilliant white light. Um, that I'm actually going to go into um, in a solo episode because I just want to kind of stick with the, the Ajna Chakra um, of flow here but um yeah i promise you whoever the listener is you're gonna get the techniques i'm not gonna be this guy that kind of strings you along forever and ever and ever like other past um teachers have done because they write books and they say oh there's all this secret and there's all this knowledge and i have all this and yet they just string you along because they want more money and more money and more money and more money where this i'm just doing for free so um and I just want to stick to the context of the conversation and um, want to be put in a place where I can do and show the techniques um, to more and more people and to kind of grow that community of, of practitioners where that's what we're focusing on, that we're not doing yoga just for the physicality where, yes, it's nice. It's nice to be strong. You know, I work out. I like being strong. I like doing yoga. I like being fit. I like being flexible. However, I know that there's a reason for all that in tuning the body in a particular way so that you are prepared for that shift because that's what's really important too. And that's why most people, I'd say majority of people on this planet who meditate aren't actually meditating. And no matter what app you get, no matter how deep you think you go into your meditation, if you are not becoming completely non-physical, you are not meditating. That is the beginning part of Pratyahara sense withdrawal, that all you're doing is just getting into the very, very basics beginnings of what it means to shut down your senses. And if you cannot do that, you are not meditating. So a practice that I do... Um, want to share with you here that is actually fairly simple to do and it's actually quite powerful and it can get quite um, challenging and, and it really helps with um, the initial phase of focusing into Ajna Chakra and it's called Trataka um, which is a single pointed um, gaze and it's, it's literally where you start is find a place um, where on your wall that is just like a blank wall in your house. Have a piece of paper that has just a single black dot. So a big enough black dot that you can see it clearly, not just like a little dot from a pencil or something like, you know, like a good sized black dot. And you just stare at that dot. Do not blink. You just stare at the dot and do it for just one minute, right? See if you can just stare at it for one minute, not blinking. And so you want to build yourself up over time. So you do that for one, um, one minute each day in the week. So say for seven days, you 
um, sit down for one minute each day, stare at the dot, and you build yourself up to the point where you can stare at that dot for five minutes without blinking. And what you'll start to find is that the space around you and um, the wall around you, it starts to all kind of melt away. And you start to feel like your focus is just so keen and it's so clear, but everything around you is just starting to melt away. So then the next point is you take the yantra of, um, of Ajna and you just stare at the yantra and you chant the bija mantra om so you're just staring you're not blinking you set it for five minutes if you've worked out to that point and you just chant om om internally right so the combination of staring at the yantra which translates to mechanism right you're using this mechanism to help bring all the energy in so you start with this and um, then you introduce doing the breathing techniques. So you do the breathing techniques, you do the yantra. So let's say you start with the yantra, you do five minutes, you're looking at the, um, at the center point of the yantra, you're chanting om internally, om, om, and you do the techniques, um, which obviously you don't know yet, but if you can start anywhere, start with the, um, uh, with the yon or with the Trataka work. And the, the point of this is that you're wanting to train yourself to focus away from physicality. Like I said earlier, that's typically the hardest part, right? Because we're so enmeshed and entangled with our physicality, but we want to gain a confidence within ourselves that it's actually normal and natural to shift into a non-physical experience. And so when we have our eyes open, we're looking at this dot, we're looking at the yantra, and we start to see the physicality around us to start to like melt away and to start to um, uh, kind of turn into a kind of like a tunnel vision is that we're in the initial part of pratyahara. We're in that initial stage of sense withdrawal that we're getting used to shutting down our senses. We're getting used to allowing ourselves to just disassociate from our body. And this isn't a negative thing. This isn't a disassociation in a kind of like um, mental disease kind of state. It's a disassociation of where you're allowing your physical body to merge with its entire en environment and that you know you're safe to do so and that nothing is going to happen and that you can completely leave the, the physicality. It's almost as if everything around you and what we know of space and time of what we think that time is going by. It's like we capture our physical body in the place that it is in a single frame and we step back from the frame. It's like we're breaking the fourth wall of our existence. And we step back from the frame and we just see ourselves sitting there in the room and it's just a still frame. And then now we are this non-physical existence and then we can explore our consciousness and our energetics away from the need for the physicality. Wow, I'm already coming to the end of my little script here. Um, so I, I don't want this to be something that's daunting um, because it certainly can be. It can be uh, quite difficult to really wrap your mind around how it is that we become completely non-physical and yet we keep our existence intact um, especially um, when considering um, like the difference between religion and atheism right where in atheism it's like no you that can't be all that there is is this 
and once you die once you're out you're done and that's it right and then in religion it's you only have this one life but there's this kingdom of heaven and then when you are good here and you're no longer committing sins and you are a follower of god and jesus that you will die and you will enter the kingdom of heaven and what yoga says it puts those two aside and it says you have complete control and you don't have control so everything that's happening in this world right now so even you even me talking i think i have control but i am not control of anything that's happening right now this is all just happening and i can be within myself and i can step back and i can let all this talking happen i can let all this movement happen i can let all the decision making happen and yeah i'm not in control of any of that happening it's just flowing through and it's just happening and so even you listening to this take a look around the room right are you in control of how things are in place just because you moved your table to where it is, just because you moved your couch to where it is or your desk or your instruments or your coffee table or wherever you are, the vehicle that you may be driving in, just because it's there, you are not controlling it to be there. It's in its own state of control and there's something greater controlling all of it and it's literally the earth. The earth is literally in control of everything that happens regardless of what's happening in the media, regardless of what seems to be so controversial, regardless of what seems to be so detrimental, it is the earth that's controlling everything, even you, even me. This body that I am in, it is the earth's. And so it is controlling it. And so what we think is my movement, what I think is my movement right now is actually the earth's movement. And that's really challenging to grasp because we're so attached to needing control. We're so attached to our bodies and our identity that we think it is mine. This is my body and I'm controlling it. That is not the thing. Once you start to do this process and once you start to go into these upper um, realms and uh, upper echelons of these chakras, you start to go into a non-physical state. You start to see how you are not in control of that. However... What you are in control of is your ability to simply exist. That's what there is control of, right? And that, and that seems weird to say, right? Because I just went on this whole round saying, you're not in control of anything, right? Um, but it's a participation in it that's what you're in control of you are in control of the decision to participate right and there is a natural paradox and a kind of confusion within that so that you don't freak yourself out on a daily basis right so that you can just go and do your mundane tasks and you're okay with it because this this world would be plenty more messed up if um you know, we're walking around kind of freaked out that we're not in control of anything. Um, but it's a humbling experience. And what I like to do is I'll go out to um, like a park or a place, excuse me, or a place where I can sit down and just watch people, right? And I'll just sit there. And I'll look at the cars go by, I'll look at the people walk by, I'll look at the conversations, and I'll look at the birds flying by, and I'll look at the squirrels, and I'll just be like, I'm not in control of any of that. It's just happening, right? Because you're not. When you're watching cars drive by, are you saying to yourself, that car is turning right because I'm in control of it, and it's turning right because I say so? No, you're not in control of that. It's just happening, okay? So then... Why would we think that we're in control of ourselves? Because you can flip it and you can take the perspective of someone else who's watching you just sit there and they're not in control of you. So then there is no control. And when we can surrender into that, we surrender into what has control. And that's where divinity is. That's where God is. That's where the universe is. That the earth is and that's where the grand um 
illusion or the grand movement or the grand scheme of everything that's happening on the planet that is so unfathomable to each individual person as a way of truly understanding the scope of what's happening that when we can see that we're not in control and we ask ourselves who is in control we unveil the non-physical that's how we unveil the non-physical the non-physical then is opened up and it's the divinity that is shown through and it says the divinity that you are is in control and surrender into it and so i want to end here by going into the second part of my story that i began in the last chakra um the vishuddha chakra podcast and where i left off is um i was in my friend's room or in his in his apartment um, we were watching the departed i i felt like i was i was kind of at the peak of my mushroom trip and uh, everything went black and I was just standing there in this blackness. I'm no longer, I, I'm no longer in the room. Everything's black. And I suddenly ask myself, who am I? And as soon as I ask myself that, I take a step kind of like back into the left and up. And then I see myself, but I'm wearing white robes. And I'm illuminating this like soft white light. And I have like long hair and a long beard like I do now, or like a beard like I do now. And I look at myself and I immediately say, Jesus Christ. And I just go, yep, I'm going back in there. And I go back in my body. And as soon as I go back into that, like, um, white robed kind of being, just from recognizing this, like, white light and this, like, serenity and this, like, regalness, I fully feel that presence. And I'm in this, like, state of complete clarity and focus. And suddenly there's like a, like a spotlight of yellow light that suddenly just shines the spotlight down onto the ground, maybe like 10, 15 feet in front of me. And there's this little boy in the middle of the spotlight. He's got blonde hair, kind of like a mushroom cut. And I, I walk up to him and he's got a piece of chalk and He's just kind of doodling on the ground. He's not really doing anything. He's not really paying attention to what he's doing either. He's kind of like looking around and just, um, you know, kind of dumbfounded, not really participating clear, like in whatever he's doing. So I, I look at the boy and I ask him, hey, what are you doing? And the boy looks at me, just kind of shrugs and gets back to doodling. And I say, what do you mean you don't know? You have infinite possibilities to do with whatever you want with that piece of chalk. He kind of looks up at me, doesn't say anything, and I say, give me that. And I take the chalk from him. I look at him, and I look to my right, and I start drawing a circle, a big circle, just like in the blackness. And um, it starts, uh, and I see the white chalk going around in circles, and it's, um, starting to make a like thicker white line circle and over and over and I'm just going faster and faster and it turns into a portal. I look back at the child and I just step into the portal and I'm immediately no longer physical and I'm traveling through this portal and there's this like S-like shape um, it's not completely an S. It's more of kind of like a squiggle of an S. But I see this shape moving and twisting all over the place. And I just knew intuitively and I knew completely that I had to fixate my gaze on the shape and I could not look away. I had to 100% be fixated on the shape as it's moving around. I have to see everywhere that it's going. And it's like twisting and turning and it's going all over the place. And then it stops and it goes horizontal and it stretches out into a line and it creates like a horizon line. And then from the middle of the line, there's this little green square that starts coming towards me. So say if, uh, if you're looking at this video, um, 
it's like moving towards you and it's moving towards me it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and all of a sudden it i see this like big emerald green square in front of me and then it just immediately turns into a live video image of me at that time sitting in my apartment sitting across from a friend of mine and we're sitting um i had these like two couches that faced each other um the one that i was in um or sitting on the patio was behind me and i saw the um apartment kind of like in front of me and i'm sitting there and i'm playing guitar and my friend's sitting across and i step into the screen and I become completely physical again. So this is the part that's going to be completely baffling and it's going to be hard to understand, okay? So right now, look around, feel yourself, feel your arms, right? You're physical, right? You feel it, it's tactile, it's real, okay? Now close your eyes. Now imagine yourself somewhere that you can easily imagine if it's at work if it's at in the park if it's at school okay so imagine somewhere where you can easily imagine now try to imagine yourself becoming completely physical in that again completely physical 100 percent tactile physical you can't right but this is exactly what happened i became completely a hundred percent physical again i could feel my guitar i was looking around the room i could see my friend sitting in front of me i was playing my guitar okay but something happened where i realized where i had come from and i was looking at my guitar i stopped playing my friend kind of looked at me baffling he's like what's happening and i just i had this like rush of like goosebumps through my body and I was like, I'm not here right now. And I first thought to that to myself. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm actually sitting in my friend's apartment in the dark, high on mushrooms. What the fuck is going on? And I look at my friend and I'm like, I'm not here right now. And he looked at me and he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm, and as soon as I was, I was trying to articulate, I'm from the past. I'm, I'm not, he, I'm not here. Suddenly, I, I couldn't, I, I just, I couldn't explain it to him. It, be, it started to just turn into mumbles, and I was like, I just, uh, all I could say really is, I, I'm just not right here. I'm not here. I'm somewhere else. And he starts laughing. And suddenly, I feel myself being pulled out of the image. And I'm back in that energetic space, and I see the image. And I see myself sitting there. I see my fr friend sitting there. And all of a sudden, it turns green again. And the, and the green square just collapses and turns into this small thing and moves away, away from me. And that horizon line comes back and turns into an S. And it starts moving. And I, st I start following it again. And I'm traveling. And I'm going. And then the S flattens out again. But this time, instead of into a line, it just, like, opens up into this whole, like, rolling hills of energy and i just remember sitting there no thoughts not a single thought just pure awareness of looking around and that's where i will stop for today so thank you for listening um i know some of this stuff is is kind of hard to believe sometimes i know um it can be also kind of hard to grasp, and I'm, I'm really doing my best to articulate it in a way where it can be normalized. This stuff is normal. It's happening to every single one of us. We're all having phenomenal experiences. The thing is, is that we are choosing not to remember it. So either that or um, we are preventing ourselves from stepping into our spiritual role on this planet of having these phenomenal experiences because that is really why we're here. We're here to have phenomenal experiences that is beyond what the physicality is. And so the experiences that I've had in my life, I'm doing my best to share them with people so that um, 
we can actually find common ground in understanding what our spiritual role is in protecting this planet and keeping it healthy by keeping ourselves healthy by doing a yoga practice that is going to get in touch with our spiritual health because that is what is missing there's all this emphasis on physical health there's all this emphasis on mental health where is the spiritual health that should not be safeguarded and um, there should not be any gatekeepers in um, the world of religion that should not be held captive anymore. We are responsible for our own spiritual health now. That is what we need to exercise in this world. And the way that we exercise that is by understanding that we have the ability to go into this non-physical space that is us and is it very much a part of this world as well, and that we can bring the divinity into our and into this physical world by getting in contact and into the non-physical world and to the non-physical realm where that divinity is very clear, right? It's not so clear here. It doesn't seem like there's any divinity, especially when you look in science. They're like, nope, there's only the Big Bang and there's only scientific laws and there's no God and that's all that it is and don't even think about whether or not there's anything that exists beyond that. But when you look into yoga, it's the complete it's the complete antithesis they're saying no of course there's another realm of course there's even more realms beyond that and there's deities beyond that and there's spiritual masters that are here to help you and i'm just you know doing my best to be a representative for that so thank you for listening thank you for watching i hope you had a wonderful rest of your day you can find me on Instagram at yogi.zorananda. You can check out my website, www.zorananda.com. It's very basic and simple. You know, I'm planning to hopefully revamp it later in the future. But for now, it's just a little hub for um, my music, for my book, and for my meditation. So go check that out. And thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy.